This is a WKYT podcast. Good Friday, everyone. Welcome to Countdown to Game Time. Lee K. Howard along with Alex Walker. It's that time of the year. We're talking basketball, but we've got some football news. And we're starting to get into baseball and softball season, which sounds As it really snows weird. snows in Lexington, which is bizarre. But yeah. yeah, and that's why they're always, and that's why the softball team is in Clearwater, Florida this exactly. weekend. A great place to be where it's not snowing and they can play some softball. But let's start with the basketball team. The Wildcats coming off the big win over Mississippi State the other day. Needed that, needed that win and, and a great performance by Nick Richards with 27 points and a big performance by E.J. Montgomery as well. Yeah, and that was his coming out party. Finally, uh, John Calipari has been waiting to see this version of EJ. And you could tell how much it meant to his teammates that he performed well. Every single time they had a big bucket and, and one uh, made a big hustle play, offensive rebounds, his entire team was right there on the sideline cheering him on, especially that one and one where the guy grabbed his arm, he switched hands and, and finished through contact. And this team loves when EJ plays well. And you can just see how UK's level rises when EJ is in the fold is not a waste of minutes and is actually producing on the floor with Nick. I always love that we get a chance to talk about the UK front court because there's a lot of focus and, and rightfully so on UK's back court yeah, with sure. the three guards that will likely be playing at the next level. But when we get to talk about Nick and EJ being the best two players on a given night, that's big. And, you know, EJ didn't have the most points that he's ever had in a UK game. But his defense on Reggie Perry, who could be one of the top guys for SEC Player of the Year, certainly a guy that will be playing at the next level. EJ was guarding him for most of that game. And the way that he played him defensively, I think, is one of the more important things about his game on that evening uh, for EJ. Yeah, and Reggie entered the, the game as the reigning SEC Player of the Week. He scored... Uh, 27 or so against Tennessee, also scored a bunch against Florida. So, yeah, coming in, you thought he'd dominate. And, and towards the end of the game, he got his. Mm -hmm. But for most of the game, he was frustrated, thanks in large part to EJ. And if you can get just defense and offensive rebounding out of EJ, that's, that's great. All the point production is just a bonus when EJ can do that. So, yeah, when those two twin towers are doing what they did on Tuesday against Mississippi State, and you can start Tyrese and Ashton and Emmanuel, that – five that core five they all click it's a dangerous team come March Nate Sestina came in in the uh, in the first half and hit six points in that first half some big buckets mm -hmm. you can get that from him and like we've mentioned Nick Richards two points in the first half 25 points <laughs> in the second half unbelievable that was a career high for him 27 points so uh, they've got some guys playing well, and that's a good thing because they're going into another big game on Saturday, this time against Tennessee in Knoxville. And uh, John Calipari, 3-6 and six overall games played in Knoxville. Never an easy place to play. And I think that's got something to do with just the amount of orange in that room. Yeah. I think it's really tough to focus for uh, both Cal and the players, but it'll be a very tough game on Saturday. Yeah, Wildcat fans do not like that color of orange. There's something about it they don't like. But, yeah, UK has not won in Knoxville since 2015. One of those losses, of course, coming last year in Knoxville. Looking at last year's serious history with Tennessee played them three times mm -hmm. first time Kentucky beat Tennessee here in Lexington when they were the number one team in the country beat them by almost 20 you know, Keldon PJ Tyler all in the NBA now uh, carried the load in that game of course then the game in Knoxville UK lost and then the third game was the semifinals of the SEC That's tournament right. when Grant and Admiral Schofield bullied Kentucky a little bit and advanced to the SEC title game eventually losing to Auburn but yeah this has been a closely contested series 
But when Kentucky plays in Knoxville, there's just something about that building that's been a, a bit of a house of terror for them as I, of late. Yeah, and I think what it is is basically the rivalry. Now, Kentucky fans think of Tennessee as a bit of a rivalry. Of course, they all think of Louisville as their main rival. Mm -hmm. But Tennessee, a lot of them, this is the biggest game of the yep. year on their schedule. This is a big game, and, and uh, that makes it even that much more. This is the one, even though Tennessee is not playing at the level they were the last couple of years. You mentioned Admiral yep. Schofield, Grant Williams, some of those guys. They're now onto the NBA. They're not there. Uh, this is a game, though, a lot of those guys like Ashton Hagens, Nick Richards, mm -hmm. EJ Montgomery, those that we've mentioned, they played in last year. They remember what that was like. They remember losing. And, of course, they remember the SEC semifinal. They got knocked out on a Saturday night and didn't have an opportunity to play in that SEC championship game. So this will be a big game for the Wildcats, and they're going to have to step up. Now, Tennessee is coming off a very tight uh, win. I believe it was 69-68 the other night at Alabama. Yeah. So an impressive win for the Volunteers uh, on the road in, in a hostile environment. Yeah, this is a Tennessee team. You mentioned it a couple times that uh, they're a step down in terms of where they are in terms of seeding or if they, even if they make the NCAA tournament. But Rick Barnes, when February rolls along, when March rolls along, he always has his team prepared and ready to go. He'll, has, he'll have his team ready come tomorrow against Kentucky. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind that Tennessee, despite a bit of a down year in, in their eyes, will come ready to play. And, and Cal mentioned it today. Look, this is like every other team in the SEC. Tennessee gets up for this game. The fans right. are going to pack that place. It's a Saturday afternoon. The game's right here on WKYT. Anytime a game's on CBS, that adds some extra emphasis as well. So this this game has all the, all the makings of, a, of an instant classic in a game where in terms of seeding, Kentucky right now kind of hovering on that five six seed line a win at Tennessee we'll, we'll do you we'll do you some good things uh, come yeah. selection Sunday and yeah exactly and when you talk about the SEC race it was big LSU losing to Vanderbilt the other night yeah, that, was, that big. was big because that moves Kentucky right there in contention for the SEC title regular season or, or conference crown of course they need to keep winning likely you win out you control your own destiny as far as that's concerned so this game on Saturday is certainly big and looking at March uh, one thing I was reading in the game notes it's 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 interesting bit of history Kentucky has never every time Kentucky has won yeah. a national championship that year they've won at Tennessee I mean, I don't know if that's going to have any sort of factor going down the stretch, but it's interesting if, let's just say, if Kentucky wants to win a national championship, you got to win on Sunday. So what you're saying is if they win Saturday, they're going to win the national I'm championship? I'm not saying that at all. Oh, okay. I'm all just right. saying our – I thought you were ready to make a bold prediction for Our us. SIDs over Kentucky with a great stat there. So yeah. All right. So they win. So basketball, that's coming up. And, yep. and then they've, they've got uh, – is it Vanderbilt next Tuesday? Vanderbilt on um, Tuesday. I yep. believe it is. And then Ole so, Miss next Saturday here in Lexington. Yeah. So uh, we'll, of course, revisit that on, on Friday. And hopefully we're talking about two wins over Tennessee and Vanderbilt. Yep. Um, let's talk about some football recruiting news because – uh, the Wildcats completed their 2020 signing class on Wednesday with the uh, the unofficial official last day of uh, signing yep. period. That used to be the signing day was was Wednesday, <laughs> the first Wednesday of the month of February. But now it's you know of course shifted to February. But they were able to add one more player, and it was the only player they were after, Michael Drennan. Uh, Mike Drennan, he uh, played a little bit of running back, a little bit of wide receiver, been very uh, widely compared to uh, Lynn Bowden. And that's some high praise, but he's a four-star guy out of Dublin, Ohio. Uh, he's a guy, Alex, that had 42 Division I offers. He picked Kentucky. The hats on the table, and this is interesting, the hats on the table that he, that he was going to select from were Florida, Kentucky, Michigan and USC. 
and everybody believed it was down to either Kentucky or USC. We're not talking about South Carolina. We're talking about Southern Cal. Yep. But he held offers from LSU, Georgia, Notre Dame. I mean, name them. Everybody in the country wanted him. But we always talk about Vince Merrow and how he's so good at identifying yep. talent. He was the first one to offer Michael Drennan between his eighth and ninth grade year and had kind of been there the whole time. And I and really, I think because of that early commitment or that early, he didn't commit to him early, but because of their early recruiting is what made him ultimately commit to the Wildcats. And he signed, he's coming. He's already signed his paperwork. Yeah, and that's a testament. And Vince, a couple weeks ago, he was mixed up in the Youngstown State opening. He stayed, which is big for Kentucky moving forward, because like you mentioned, Vince Merrow was responsible for many of the top recruits that have picked Kentucky. And yeah, when you, when you see a guy like Michael Drennan pick Kentucky over some of those perennial blue bloods in the country, that's a great sign for Kentucky. And also, when you can get a guy that declares and signs in January or in February, because right. that early signing period is one thing, but to keep that commitment through that entire process when all these schools are calling and saying, look, man, you have a couple weeks here to, to change your mind. Right. What do you think? Come out to L.A., play for the Trojans, be the chance to turn that program back to what it was. He said, no, I'm going to Kentucky, which is another massive get for the Wildcats. And by the way, what's his Twitter name? It's something about Donut. my name is Donut. Right. I don't his, know what that means. His nickname is Donut. He's not a really big guy. We'll in have fact, to ask him when he comes. Yeah, in fact, I think they're going to play him a lot like Lynn Bowden, not, not this past year, but in years past. He's probably a, a receiver, but they can also put him in the backfield. 24-7 uh, Sports puts him as the number six overall all-purpose back in the country. So they get there you go. You can put him in the backfield and you can also put him out uh, catching catching football. So big thing for him and and with his commitment, by the way, Kentucky football ends their uh, 2020 signing class, I believe 23rd overall in the country, it's remarkable, according to 24 yep. seven uh, sports. Now that's like eighth in the SEC, but we're talking about we're, Kentucky football never had a top 25 class in years past. I mean, it's only recently have they been pulling in these classes. Um, once again, if you're watching us on Facebook Live, thanks for joining us. If you, if you have a quick question, we could probably get to it. Uh, let's talk a little bit about softball because the softball season got underway earlier this afternoon. The team is out at the uh, leadoff classic in Clearwater, Florida. Don't we wish we were all there? Uh, played Liberty and uh, beat Liberty 6-2 to and Alex Martins has your same name, uh, but she was uh, the star of the game. Two home runs. Yep. She scored both both the first run and the last two runs of the game. Uh, and, and that softball team is going to be very good again. Rachel Lawson, year in, year out, has this team rocking and rolling. And they're one of the best teams, most consistent teams on campus here at Kentucky. And they're locked and loaded again. They got a great pitching staff, a veteran staff. They're loaded their entire lineup. They had so many young stars rise to the occasion last year. That kind of surprised some people. Didn't surprise Rachel and her staff. They knew what they were getting, but surprised a lot of fans. You got freshmen and sophomore producing like some of the seniors. Mm -hmm. That's a good sign moving forward. And this team has a good chance opening weekend. They're going to play some great talent. They play one of the USA teams. They play NC State tomorrow. They play the seventh-ranked team in the country, Minnesota, on Sunday in Florida. So this is a chance right off the bat to kind of see what you got. A bit yeah. of a barometer in Florida early. And, and they have a – every year, Rachel Lawson stacks – the non-conference schedule for good reason because the SEC is by and far the best softball conference in America. So when you stack the non-conference, it gets you ready for what seems like a super regional weekend every weekend in the SEC. And as for the baseball Wildcats, uh, last year was a struggle. That's not a secret. It was yep. tough for Nick Mangione's squad. 
they uh, had only about two guys coming back mm -hmm. that played the position players from the year previous. So it was a really, really tough year. But of course, when you go through a year like that, a lot of guys get experience and that's mm -hmm. what they're hoping they bring back this year. Guys with experience. You talked about the SEC as far as softball is concerned. The SEC is very difficult as far <laughs> as baseball is concerned as well. So it's not going to be an easy schedule. I expect them to stumble a little bit at least early out of the gate. But this year, at least they have some experience and and hope that Nick Mingione's squad gets some things going, both pitching and and on uh, defense as well and, and hitting and, and they can uh, get some things going in the right direction. This yeah, season. this staff is hungry. They got they have a bad taste in their mouth from last year, so they're going to be motivated. They're going to be hungry to to flip the script a little bit and get back on track here in Lexington. All right, before we go, tell everybody everybody what time the game is tomorrow, where yep. they can see it and, and what we have right here on WKYT. Yeah, one o'clock tip off in Knoxville right here on WKYT at one o'clock. From 12 o'clock to 12.30 on CBS, WKYT, we have a Wildcat warm-up. Lee K. Howard, Christy Thomas, myself, Brian Milam will be in Knoxville with some live reports to preview the game. Then after our 30-minute show, looking at some of the series history and whatnot, WKYT will have a bracketology segment mm -hmm. uh, live with the guys in New York, kind of breaking down where teams are, some of the top seeds in the country if the season ended today. They kind of give you a bit of a taste of what the bracket's going to look like come March with about a month to go before the SEC tournament. So we've got an hour long worth of preview before that UK-Tennessee game and, of course, with all the highlights and uh, a live report from Brian Milam at on WKYT game time tomorrow night. All right, looking forward to that. Should be fun. He's Alex Walker. I'm Lee K. Howard. Have a great rest of your weekend and stay warm, everybody.